0: news that uh, speaker mccarthy has formally launched an impeachment in has said, said he's going to oh my crack. god really oh my gosh
1: you know oh it's devastating <laughs> Ooh, don't do it please don't do it oh no Oh i no. Uh,
0: i've got hold on i'm gonna put i'm gonna put that on pause and i'm just gonna uh, explain i have to start with a short video tonight because i don't want to waste too much time on the intro And I'm gonna highlight this video because this was posted by none other than one of my most loathed propagandists on the Twitterverse. No lie with Brian Taylor Cohen or BTC whatever it was. You know what his caption for this was? Watch this video one more time and then imagine what his caption was to sell this as a W to his audience. News that, uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched. His aide looks like he's about to have an aneurysm <laughs> because he doesn't want Fetterman taking any questions. An in, has said he's going to oh correct. my god, really?
1: Oh my gosh, you know. Oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please, don't do it. Please, can you
0: stop talking, Fetterman. This is how No Lie with Brian Tyler, not Taylor, Oh my, capital G, use of the Lord's name in vain. John Fetterman just humiliated Republicans over their impeachment threat. This is incredible. Oh my good, sweet, merciful goodness. All right, that's all we have for the intro tonight. Uh, I also want to make sure before we go any further, we should be live on Rumble. I'm going there right now to make sure we are live. Okay, we're live. This is good. Hold on, I got an ad running here. Because we've got back-to-back streams tonight. And in the backdrop, I've got um, I've got two sets of things set up. I've got Dave Smith, the comic, the entire, everything set up for nine o'clock. And um, including the locals, including the Viva Barnes. Uh, are we good here? So I want to make sure that we're good everywhere before we get going. Tarek Johnson, former lieutenant of the Capitol Police. Yes, the Capitol with the O. January 6th, Capitol Police. Uh, he's been doing the. Um, he's been doing a lot of podcasts right now. He's been on a mission, and it started with hashtag. Who is and I'm bad with names and I forget. It has a J in it. J T Manger. Who is J T Manger? I I I. Tarek's uh, Twitter feed had not come up on my feed until then. It came up then, I engaged with it, and then I followed and then it comes up regularly. And I've been following him now because he's on a mission and we're gonna delve into January 6th. And a lot of stuff, hopefully I get answers to some of the questions that I've had since January 6th, 2021. Tarek Johnson, he will introduce himself. I've got questions from locals that we're gonna get to if I don't ask them, but I think I'm gonna ask every question under under the sun during this share away. And um, we're gonna leave YouTube after a few minutes, but let's bring in Tarek right now. Tarek, you ready? Booyah. we're in, sir. I asked you this in our brief five minutes uh, meeting beforehand. How goes the battle?
1: Um, the battle rages on, and um, I think that I am winning the um, the battle, um, and I'm just going to keep fighting. And, um, yeah. you're,
0: you're getting the message. You're getting the message out, and I think ultimately the story you're telling is the story that everybody knows. Uh, in a varying degree, because some people want to put all of the blame on one side and assume absolutely no, I say responsibility, but make no admissions on the other. Whereas there's an interplay. The only question is going to be the degree to which there's an interplay. Tarek, 30,000 foot overview. I'm not going to go into your childhood as I do with most of my guests for the first time. Not relevant for tonight, but 30,000 foot overview. Who are you before we get into the uh what what some people compare to Pearl Harbor 9-11, the January 6th, 2021 date that will live in infamy.
1: Okay. So just to take you back, I started the Capitol Police at the age of 23. I was an officer first for approximately three years, and I took the test to become a special agent. I was assigned primarily to protect Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont. I protected Nancy Pelosi for a while, um, Hillary Clinton, um, Dennis Hassett. I was on his protective detail, not assigned, but I would help out a lot on his, Senator Bill Frist, Tom Daschle. So I worked with a lot of these uh, politicians, lifelong politicians. I worked with a lot of them. I took the sergeant's exam. I passed that and I became a sergeant in um, December of 2004. And for approximately 14 years, I was a sergeant, and I took the promotional test a few times for lieutenant. So it took me, I can't remember how many times I took it, but I took it a bunch of times. I'm pretty persistent, as you probably know by looking at my Twitter. And I finally passed the lieutenant's exam, and I became a lieutenant in 2018. And I was assigned to the Capitol Division, and on January 6th, I was a lieutenant there at the Capitol, and my position was I was the routine operations commander during the counting of the electoral votes. So that was my job. So I was actually working in the Capitol as a commander on January 6th of 2021.
0: Okay, so that's amazing. You have twenty, you said 23 years experience as a Capitol police officer in varying degrees that were only going up the ladder of hierarchy. When you protect these people like Leahy and, and Clinton and Pelosi, uh, is that like... Direct protection, or is it sort of just you know uh, perimeter protection? Like how does that
1: how does that work? Oh no, it was direct protection. I would I would drive them around, and whenever they got out of the car, I would walk with them to whatever event they was going to, and I would have to stay kind of close by to protect them. I would survey the area to make sure that uh, nobody was trying to hurt him or her, whatever member of Congress I was protecting. That was my job, and I did that for two years until I got promoted to sergeant. Okay,
0: that's, that's, that's fascinating in and of itself, but uh, maybe I'll delve into those questions as to what it's like having to risk your life to defend people who some people would not only not risk their lives to defend, but have a deep disdain for. But set that aside. So you're working January 6th. I guess But we're going to get to the day of January 6th first, but leading up to January 6th, This is something that, you know, a number of us who have been looking into it were were well aware of. It's not that there were no indications of what was going to happen January 6th. There were people knowingly protesting, uh, applying for permits. It was known that there was going to be protests on January 6th. Leading up to January 6th, what was going on internally at the Capitol Police to prepare for it?
1: That's the disturbing part. There were permits. We even knew, and when I say we, I would say the commander of the IICD division. uh, Her name was at the time, well, she was um, an assistant chief of the United States Capitol Police. Her name was Yogananda Pittman, and she was in charge of our intel section. And we knew, when I say we, I mean her. She knew from from the uh, information gathering that it was going to be violence on January 6th. And for some reason, she decided not to push that information down to the people who needed it. Let me
0: flesh that out. Uh, I mean, people are going to say it's hearsay. You were saying that she knew, but um, and the difference between potentially violence and protests, let's set that distinction aside. How do you know what she knew? How did she know it? Um, And what was the knowledge that she had about potential violence on the day of January 6th?
1: She had multiple intel reports. She had people underneath her, some of her subordinates, and they sent her information basically saying it was going to happen. But one of the most important pieces of intel that she had, it was an intel report, 21 TD 159. She had that report and she got it. I think it was December the 21st. Basically saying what was going to happen, that the Capitol was going to be breached, they were going to kill and hurt officers. She had the intel report. During her committee testimony i think it was in february the beginning of february she said that she gave the intel report to her deputies and she did not give it to her deputies and one of the deputies a high-ranking deputy was a whistleblower and he came out and said no you know like i guess he was um he was stunned that she even said that she gave it to them because she didn't and when they brought it to her attention she never felt it was important to correct the record of her congressional testimony. So we can prove she didn't give, I mean, and this is the frustrating part. And I've learned to deal with it over the past few years that we can basically prove January 6th was a setup. There are multiple whistleblowers who came out to say basically what information Pittman had. And then Pittman ended up firing the people who worked for her who would could testify to what they to what they had. But by her firing the people, now it makes them look like disgruntled employees because they went and they got terminated. But the problem was that like I was a whistleblower, the the uh, high ranking whistleblower that I referred to, his name is Jeffrey J. Pickett. And he was a deputy chief on January 6th who actually responded when he saw the chaos and he responded from Sheltonham, Maryland to DC to assist, Yogananda Pittman was already there, and she wouldn't help us. So sure. I can go on and on and on, but I'll let you jump in and ask a question. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, first of all, what was the number of that intel report again?
1: Twenty-one. T. I'm sorry. Yes, twenty-one TD one fifty-nine. Uh, twenty-one
0: TD. Who drafted that? I'm just going to put it in the chats. So everybody has it. Who drafted that report, as far as you know?
1: It. It was. It. The report was drafted from our intel unit. Um, And I believe that they gathered information from the FBI and other resources to send it to her. So she had it. I think it's even public. You can go take a look at it. And the thing about it is that when you have a report like that, that basically stated um, what was going to happen, you have to give it to the chief of police at the very least or the operations bureau commander. His name was assistant chief. Chad Thomas now Pittman was in charge of the Intel um Chad Thomas was in charge of the operations meaning the officers that would be prepared to deal with the intelligence if it was going to be a lot of violence um Chad Thomas would be the commander that would be responsible for making sure that we had enough officers on the scene that day making sure we had mutual support making sure that we were outfitted with the proper gear and Pittman didn't give him that information.
0: Okay, so drafted by your in, your intel, which means it has um, contributions from, I presume, FBI. Uh, yes, in that, in that report, CIA yeah. or is that is that is that too too big?
1: I don't know about the CIA. Um, the CIA is absolutely you know you know how secretive they are, so I would say probably not from them. The, but this the information is that she did have the report. Um, doesn't matter if Santa Claus uh, if the information came from Santa Claus when you look at with the information that was on the document you have to at the very least set up a meeting with your commanders at the very least the chief of police who was um Steve Stephen A's son, and the operations chief um uh, Chad Thomas you have to at least discuss it she didn't even do that well th- this is this was
0: my observation when i say this was a setup in my mind a fed surrection in, in in quotes We now know, because of the uh, Proud Boys, the um, Oath Keepers trials, that the Feds had infiltrated those seditious conspiracy plots months in advance. And it's inconceivable, and I say that like inconceivable, that they did not then notify the Capitol Police and listening to all of your, your testimony, your testimony, your your, your your interviews. I was like, okay, so they notified Pittman. That she had this report that's coming, presumably with information from the FBI who have presumably already infiltrated the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and know of these seditious conspiracy plots. And so at the very least, that in and of itself, is a setup if Pittman gets this report and does jack squat with it. Uh, was there anything in the Intel reports or the TD reports that you know of that might've indicated antifa agitators or outside players who are non called
1: the maga for for lack of a better word
0: non trump supporters who would be there to stir up shit
1: i think that was um in um part of the report i can't remember that part didn't stand out to me but we expected a lot of those things anyway we even um had even broadcasted that like on the radio before any of the violence took place this is the issue right here viva that people um My mission is this. I'm trying to get to explain to people this, that number one, that January 6th was absolutely a setup. There's no question. And we can prove it. You have to look at like Chief Son, who was the actual chief of the Capitol Police on January 6th. Do you know that he was never interviewed by he was never able to give testimony? to the J6 Select Committee. Did you know that?
0: I think I did know that, but only because I watched a lot of what you had to say, despite wanting to.
1: Okay. Also, he wanted to. Okay, now I wanted to testify. Um, Now, I don't know if you know this, but when the breach of the Capitol occurred, Uh, I was stunned. I didn't, I was, it happened around two o'clock. So I went over the radio and I-
0: Hold on. I I don't want to stop you there, but I don't want to get there just yet because we need to get to a few more things before we even get there. First of all, Pittman, how long has she been working for Capitol Police?
1: She's gone now. She retired in June. She had, they had announced that she was retiring in February of 2023, but she didn't actually leave until June of 2023. And at the time of, she retired she had 22 years
0: 22 okay had she had any reprimands had she had any stains on her on her um record um probably not okay and you did you have any before any of this
1: nothing major um i think the last time i was disciplined was maybe 20 years ago um okay. for something that- stupid i said at, roll, at a roll call when i first made sergeant my first year but other than that no discipline at all
0: Okay, now I'm telling everybody what I'm doing now. The link is in Rumble. Get on over to Rumble because now it's going to get interesting and we're ending on YouTube. It doesn't change anything on our end. Three, two, one. Okay, now this is the question. Pittman has this report. She knows that there's going to be threats of violence because even you had some reporters in the days leading up to this saying people are going to protest. There's some plans, some people kooks online saying they're going to infiltrate the Capitol. She has this report. She does nothing with it. What was it? I know that the Capitol building was understaffed. Why was it understaffed on January
1: six? Because. Pittman didn't give the operations bureau chief the information that he needed from the Intel division that said that that violence was potentially could occur. That would occur. She didn't give it to him. So because she didn't give it to him. He couldn't go to chief Sun. And explained to Chief Sun that we needed more resources because even before January 6th, Chief Sun tried to get more assistance. He went to the House and Senate Sergeant-at-Arms to see if we can get National Guard support. And he was basically told that the the intelligence did not support it. But it would have supported it had Yogananda Pittman gave him what he needed. And she had it since December. She had it.
0: The FBI had their information. They had infiltrated. They knew of these seditious conspiracy plots, uh, and they do nothing about it whatsoever. So, what would be, what would have been normal staff? Let's set aside National Guard level staff. What would have been appropriate level staff compared to what there was on January
1: 6th? At the very least, we would have had a all hands on deck. Now, I do know that that Chief Sun ordered a all hands on deck. That means any officer. That wasn't on uh, approved leave already, or wasn't sick, had to be at work. So we weren't we we were supposed to be in an all hands on deck status, but we weren't. Um, and I know that because um, my wife was a Capitol Police officer at the time, and she was at home on she wasn't even on regular leave; she was on standby at home. So they did they should have put everybody off a of standby, everything, and none of that occurred.
0: Uh, there were multiple reports saying that the, the, the building was understaffed because of COVID measures, COVID protocol. Is there any truth to that?
1: That is correct. That's what, true. Was,
0: what was the protocol and what was in place that
1: was the reason for the understaffing as relates to the
0: COVID response?
1: We had people, we would rotate people. It was actually my COVID week to be home. I was supposed to have been home that whole week of January 6th. But the prior week, I got an email from my boss telling me that my my day off on Wednesday, January 6th was canceled, and then I could go back on my my days off on that Thursday and Friday, which would have been the 7th and the 8th. So I don't know if, I think we brought in most of the officers who were at the Capitol Division, at the very least assigned to the Capitol Division. I believe we brought them in, but that wasn't done all over the hill. But what, what so Some was people the, were there, some people weren't.
0: What was the rationale for the like, what were the COVID reasons? They didn't want officers being too close to each other. Was there a vaccine requirement?
1: They didn't want officers being too close to each other and blowing COVID in each other's face. Is that? Is that,
0: I mean, was that circulated as a, as a memo, as an email, as the official reason we can't have too many police officers because of COVID?
1: We had been in the COVID measure for a while. So um, since uh, I wanna say the early part of 2020, so I I I do believe that, that was the reason why. So the staffing levels wasn't it wasn't suppressed for January 6th because we were doing it way before January 6th. It wasn't suppressed
0: for, it wasn't suppressed for January 6th, but they kept with the COVID protocol of having half as many officers socially distanced for the events of January 6th. Was there a vaccine mandate in effect at the time for for officers to come back and work? No. Okay. And were, do you remember at the time, uh, I'm not asking your status, it's none of my business, of other officers. Were people, were other officers getting the the jab at that time that you know of?
1: This was early 2021. And if you recall, everybody, I mean, people wanted the vaccine. They were talking about actors paying like $50,000, $60,000 because they wanted the vaccine. But you couldn't get the vaccine back then as readily as you can now. So... They were giving vaccines only to people who were working specialties. They would get it first, like people who work the bomb squad, they would get the vaccine. So they had it. But the masses of officers, uh, it was not available to them.
0: Okay. And look, I'm not going to hide the reason why I'm asking. I I, I had only put two and two together later on that maybe the stroke that Brian Sickman suffered from maybe could have been, and does anybody know his vaccine status? Nobody's asking the question. Certainly nobody's answering it. Um, you don't have any knowledge of uh, Sickman's status or vaccination status on uh,
1: of its own? Well, I can tell you this. In, in January of 2021, now my viewpoints on a lot of things have changed in the last couple of years. Um, I changed my political party from Democrat to Republican. So a lot has changed in my life since I, I, I'm of the know now. So I got, I'll tell you, now I got vaccine, vaccinated, um, boosted, everything. And I still got COVID. So I was on fire. I was angry. I was like, how in the heck did I still get COVID after all this crap that I took, all these shots that I took, and I still got it. But in January of 2021, 20, now I was a lieutenant. And um, I was of a higher rank than Brian Sicknick. Not saying that that meant anything, but um, I would have probably saw an email quicker than he would have seen an email about the vaccine being made available to Capitol Police officers. And I would have been the first to sign up for it. So I can tell you that if um, uh, if Brian said maybe he had a connection special that none of us had, but I don't believe he was vaccinated. Me me personally, because I don't think I don't think he could have gotten it because I wanted the vaccine and couldn't get it. In January of 2021, and I got vaccinated and boosted. Uh, I think I got vaccinated. It was either March. I think it was the end of March or beginning of April. And then I got the I got the first shot. And then I got the uh, the second shot. Then I got boosted as soon as I could. So I was that guy who wanted all that. And then after I did all that, bam! I got COVID. And That's- it's funny because a friend of mine's had COVID, and she did not take the vaccine. And it was hell on me and it she blew right past <laughs> it.
0: So oh, <laughs> like, I, God.
1: So well, it, oh. and she laughed at me and, and her response to me was, Yeah, you sick as a dog with your vaccinated ass. And she never got the vaccine at all. So like I said, people have their positions on the vaccine. I, I think I'm done with taking boosters and, 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 and getting vaccinated. But I watched her, I watched she's a close friend of mine. I watched her and she did absolutely wonderful. And and I was sick as a dog after getting, and I'm not trying to um, deter anybody from getting a shot. If you want to get the shot, go get the shot. You know, but I watched my friend, I watched how I felt after I got it. And I, I understand now, I didn't understand why people didn't want to take the shot. I well, understand now.
0: Touch wood, as we say in Yiddish, hora." may the worst thing that happens to you as a result of that be the the bad boat of COVID. Um, and and uh, we've, all, we've all learned a little bit. Um, no, because and that was my query. I just I asked, no one had asked the question and that's an interesting answer. And now well, no, people,
1: people have been asking the answer. I mean, asking the question, but uh, if you ask me, I, I know he didn't get it at work. Okay. And during 2021, you could not get, it was too hard to get the vaccine. Okay. All right,
0: now, so let's get to the day of. So the, 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 actually, I should ask this. When do you learn of this internal memo that Pittman had advanced warning and did jack squat? Like you learn about that well after the events of January 6th?
1: Probably around February 2021.
0: Okay. Now, so the day of January 6th is, is a, a, well, actually say January 5th, there's people marching the streets already. Had you heard of Ray Epps on January 5th?
1: Never heard of Ray Epps.
0: Okay. Uh, what were you guys doing January 5th to prepare for this? Because there's a ton of people already descending on the Capitol the day before.
1: Absolutely nothing because we were, and when I say we, officers, commanders, and the operations bureau. We thought it was going to be just like any other mega rally, nothing to be concerned about. I wasn't even required to come in the day before to help prepare for it. All I had to do was come in, put this regular nothing rally. And I was, I was even planning on leaving early that day. So this was a nothing day. This was um, nothing was passed on. I didn't even go to my own morning briefing because I didn't think it was anything for me to pass on. To my officers
0: all right and so then you get there january 6 what time of the day do you get there what does it look like and how does the day progress
1: i got there at seven and i saw a ton of people there i was surprised i knew it was going to be a lot of people there i didn't know they were going to be there so early so when i rolled up at seven o'clock i was like man there's a lot of people out here and so then i parked my car went into the building uh, relaxed had my coffee uh, i think i had a donut or two that day we really do like donuts that's true so um sat in the office, and then, you know, a few hours later, you know, we started listening to the speech, and shortly after, I didn't watch, I didn't listen to the entire speech, but then shortly after that, I can't remember, I don't think the speech had even gone off, but I hear on my radio broadcast that the West Front was basically taken over.
0: Okay. The West Front is where we saw the infamous scaffolding, the smoke, the people climbing the walls. Correct. Um, Okay, so locate us, geolocate us. you got the West Front, and what are the other main areas of the
1: Capitol building? You have the West Front. Obviously, you have the inside of the Capitol. You have the House side. You have the Senate side. And then you have the East Front. The Mm -hmm. East Front was the infamous, the officer moving the barricade and waving um, demonstrators in. That was that one. Even though he didn't, that's not what he did, because I found out later what actually occurred. but that was the view, and that was the scene, and that people just took and ran with it. It was just. Okay. It was and I've
0: heard. I've heard your 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 perspective perception is that he was waving officers behind in, and then that's the video is taken out of context. And we'll yes. get to that in this in, in at, at some point because one of the one of the at least one of the judges in this case um, agreed with the defense of one of the defendants, the J ers that he was let in, and therefore you can't go after him for whatever. Um, so, but how does it? So it, it you're there at seven the mm-hmm. shit really starts hitting the fan towards noon or was it earlier that you started seeing signs of, of problems so
1: around one o'clock it was close
0: to one okay um did you notice black lock a uh, black lock black what do they call them no black lock the guys dressed all in black uh, any antifa did you notice people who were uh out of uh, suspicious or out of context given that this is supposed to be a MAGA rally to protest what people feel to be the stolen 2020 election
1: now my job, I was in charge of the inside of the Capitol, not outside. So I was inside most of that day, other than pulling up, parking my car, and then walking into the building. So I was inside. So I wouldn't have seen those people like until I went outside. And um, so which would have been because I went outside, I went outside, it was about one oh seven when I went outside. So I, I I wouldn't have seen those people when um you know, when I pulled up, I probably wouldn't have seen them when I pulled up immediately. Wasn't really thinking about it, but no, I didn't see any of those people there, no.
0: Okay. And so you're in the building. I'm not going to use the word infiltrated or breached, but you're in the building before people come in. And then what happens? You start hearing over the radio, uh, things are popping off outside, and then you go outside to see what's going on?
1: That is correct. And when I go outside, uh, I went out to the the west front um, via the on Low West Terrace, door of the Capitol. So when I walked out, I saw a sea of people from the south to the north that had broke that fence line.
0: The fence line was the the bike bar- the bike barricades, just like that. That's what um, it was.
1: It was I think it was like bike. It was bike racks attached to some green fencing that um, started on that first street on the west side. Okay, now I'm going to bring up a picture just to get to tell me this. This is the
0: west side that you come out to see. Let's see. what I I Googled the words. That's the west side of the building, the big picture?
1: That is correct.
0: Okay, and when we saw the people climbing the walls. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's where the scaffolding was? Yes. So you come out and you see this and what's going on? I know, having heard many of your interviews, that this is not, you know, you come out to the side where the violence occurred and this is like a war zone. You hear people over the intercom, whatever it's called, um, what is that They're called?
1: Dispatch.
0: Dispatch. Yes. Dispatch. you know, they, they need more backup. They've infiltrated here. They're they don't have enough munitions. I I think they mean non lethal. So you, your, your experience in this is that at the very least on the west run it was something of a battle zone. One
1: hundred percent.
0: Okay. And so what ha- what happens? They 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 breach the fence, but you don't see that part. They're climbing the scaffolding. Why was the scaffolding there? Do you hear the guy on the scaffolding man directing people? Like what, what what's your actual personal experience once you get outside to the west side
1: so when I get outside I see the people I see them I don't see a lot of violence when I when I first go out there because it was around one o'clock when I when I first went out there it got progressively worse as the as the time went on uh, and people didn't start climbing the scaffold until they broke that first line of um, officers I think it was metropolitan officers had gotten there as well. Then people started to climb up the scaffolding. And um, if you listen to the radio transmissions, you have me screaming because some people were trying to um, break the scaffolding and pull pieces off. And if you're up high, officers and demonstrators, if you're up high and somebody's pulling off the scaffolding from the bottom, you're going to go crashing down. The reason the scaffolding was there is because they were um, building the inaugural stage, getting ready for Biden's inauguration so they had set up the scaffolding no meaningful
0: protection other than those bike racks or what interlocking bike racks do you know roughly how many capitol police officers were working or were there on the day of are we talking hundreds or thousands
1: no no it wasn't thousands it was uh it was a few hundred it was um probably at the capitol it probably was maybe 200 two <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna laugh yeah, yeah uh, about 200 Uh, I would say probably 400 uh, working for that entire day at the Capitol.
0: 400 Uh, for the entire day? Do you have a rough estimate?
1: It it gets worse. I'm saying 400 from all three shifts. So now I know that they brought in some people for CDU, but um, to my knowledge that I think that... CDU is what? It's um, it's the people with the the riot gear on. That's called our Civil Disturbance Unit. Now, I did hear it could have been a few more people. I think that they did bring the 311 crew in there, but I know that we let Midnights go home. So whoever was working Midnights in the Capitol from FRU, which is our first responder unit, or C1, which would have been officers assigned inside of the building, they all went home. So we didn't, so if you had four, even 500 officers assigned to work at the Capitol on January 6th, you had about um, maybe 60 or 75 who went home at at seven o'clock in the morning. So, and then you had some people to come in uh, at around, I think, 11 o'clock. So you had some extra ones there, but I don't think they they brought in everybody. But we didn't have anywhere near the amount of people we needed. If you had... If you had
0: 400 on site at any one point in time during the day, that would have been uh, more than that. That would have been a lot.
1: Well. um, Pre-COVID, I would say COVID, during COVID, then yes, that would have been that would have been a lot for COVID, but not a lot. For what we were di- no, were, that's, what, what, we what I'm like
0: there might have been a, there might have been a few hundred on site at, at any one point in time to deal with that crowd. Do you have Correct. any rough idea as to how many people were there
1: in the crowd? Um, I would say had to be twenty thousand easy. Just that had broken the fence line, but there were people coming um, from the ellipse, and they were they were still coming. Like you could see them coming, so it yep. was a lot of people there. Oh my. God.
0: Oh my goodness. That's, that's, uh, okay. So a, a few hundred cops for probably several hundred thousand people at the very least tens of thousands that had breached the, the fence on one side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's in some sense, there's no point even trying to resist that type of a breach, but a, a lot of people, Tarek, and you might have a, a, a differing opinion on this are going to say that a lot of the, um, conflict was provoked by officers, uh, maybe panicking, throwing pepper spray in there, throwing concussive grenades, uh, batons, et cetera, which then triggered the crowd. They were, uh, they were implementing tactics which were not appropriate under the circumstances. Uh, w- I mean, what, 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 you have the chicken and the egg here, but what provoked what in terms of a response versus
1: a reaction? Well, I know that's the biggest thing of contention is did the Capitol Police, Metropolitan create this? And, and my thing is, you have to look at what the DOJ said. The DOJ has said that all the force that was used by police officers on January 6th was objectively reasonable. They did not say that it was not excessive because it could have been excessive. But the thing is, with the DOJ now, um, I'm, I think I got it on the on the exact head, but um, I believe the DOJ was looking for two things. They were looking for force that was excessive and if that force was excessive was it reasonable or unreasonable so they looked at the force used and even if it was excessive they deemed it reasonable under the circumstances and the reason why i say that and i agree with their assessment is because if you heard the radio transmissions and i don't think you had a chance to really hear the radio transmissions but if you just went by the radio transmissions it seemed like the world was coming to an end. Well, no, but I, I've heard I've heard enough
0: of them. Like I know there's a five hour clip, a five hour video that I couldn't find, so I was piecing together as much of the radio transmission as I could. Yeah, it sounded like a bunch of people panicking because there's 300 cops for at least 50,000 people, and shit's gonna get a little out of hand. I mean, I I went to a hockey riot in Montreal, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago. Things got out of hand, and there were like at least maybe I'd say one to one almost of mm-hmm. rioters versus protest uh, versus cops. I can understand every cop there panicking and just like opening the doors because what are they possibly going to do with this sea of people that have absolutely no barricade between them and the building? Um, So I I heard a bunch about it and it just seems to prove that like this was negligence of the highest order at best in terms of the staffing or deliberate sabotage in the hopes that a few officers do get seriously injured or killed so they can blame it on the Trump crowd and weaponize it the way they did. Which one do you think it is? What's Pittman's agenda in terms of uh, having been either willfully negligent or, you know, participating in this setup?
1: Now, what you just said, now, I'm a, I'm like, if you listen to most of my interviews, I talk about the facts and I try to leave it at there. I typically don't give my opinion, but I agree with everything you just said. I believe that um, Pittman knew the violence was going to occur. I believe she purposely sat on the intel and I believe that she set up her own officers to get hurt so they can blame it on Trump and uh, her, meaning Pittman, would gain favor from Nancy Pelosi.
0: It's an amazing, dark pill, a you know, black pill that we're swallowing. I was just talking to someone today about 9-11, and I was not promoting or discouraging. I was just talking about conspiracy theories. And the person said, very naive, wet behind the ears. Well, the government wouldn't let 3,000. 000- they wouldn't kill 3,000 people. I was like... The government wouldn't let a few thousand people die. Did you see what Madeleine Albright said about half a million dead Iraqi babies? It was worth it for regime change. I mean, the, these I believe are truly evil people who work on a different calculation and a different scale. You know, a couple of officers getting killed uh, would have been the political wet dream for those who wanted to weaponize what they knew was coming for what they knew they were going to do with it for the next two or three years. Um, Okay, now, so let's get into some of the some of the violence that you did see, because I like I've described in in, in various streams before, I've never I I don't deny that there were pockets of violence. I just think that maybe it didn't characterize the half a million people that were there. What was the the violence like? Where was it centralized? What were the examples? Um, And I know people have got some questions as to who opened up the the, tunnel. I forget what it was called. But what was the violence like that you saw? Who was perpetrating it? And what were the consequences of it? And what was the extent of it?
1: I saw, um, they were fighting. They were, when I came out, I saw people in the crowd throwing like water bottles, projectiles, I watched them do it. I watched them throw it. Um, I know that we also sent ammunitions into the crowd. Um, I don't know, you know, I wasn't on their Lower west terrace portion. Um, I could hear one of the commanders on the radio, saying, you know, telling the people what to do with the ammunitions. I can't say who hit what or whatever. But uh, I saw um, I saw fighting like I've never seen before on January 6th
0: And when you say munitions, we're talking less than lethal. I mean, what is yes. the rationale in pepper spraying a crowd of 20,000 people when you have 300 officers like what's the rationale in terms of what the consequences of that are going to be?
1: My guess is, um, you hope that and um, and I want to talk about this in a second, you know, because most of the interviews I do or when I'm on a Twitter space, you, you I really can't get the floor that much. So um, I kind of want to get this out because I want people to hear it. Now, when they did that, the hopes was that people would turn around and just walk away. But that didn't happen on January 6th. You know, so you would think that, you know, when the police launched something like that, you would, the hopes is, you know, since we are severely outnumbered, they would just walk away. Now, whether the officers did the right thing or not, the people have to look at this. And this is what I'm, I've been trying to get the country to see this. I don't even know if I can get you to see it. But uh, whether, you know, that people should stop focusing on the violence. Both, and when I say the violence, I mean the officers should stop focusing on the violence that the demonstrators did and the demonstrators on the officers. Because we were all set up. If you were on the ground that day, police officer, demonstrator, you were set up and instead of because now like if you put um, and I equate this to like if you put two pit bulls in a cage to dogfight. We know dogfighting is illegal. So and if they fight and then the, the first dog a is complaining about this dog scratch him here. But what about the people that put you in that illegal ring? That's what happened to us. And nobody wants to focus on the person that put us in that pressure cooker that put us in that dog cage. We can, even if you can't, like I got to a point where I had forgiven. Like I was angry when it first happened. You know, I was mad at the demonstrators for coming up there. I was mad at my commanders. I was mad at all, I was mad at everybody. You know, I was like, I'm supposed to be a fat lieutenant eating donuts in my office, but I'm home suspended for 17 months. So I was angry. But then I started to forgive. And then it became easier for me to forgive the demonstrators that were there. And then I realized that, they were set up, too. So if we got together and we all focused on the people that put us in this position, I think that it would do um, it would make it easier for people to be made whole. Number one, because regardless of even if you were wrong and you entered the capital illegal illegally, even if you hurt an officer, your government can't make your situation worse on purpose by setting you up. So even if you did, you could, if you were one of the people there that committed the most violence of anybody there, Yogananda Pittman still can't set you up prior to it happening. So you have to look at what did she do? You outline every single thing that she did. And even and even if you did something on January 6th, you, your government can't set you up. Now, the definition of um, what a law enforcement officer is supposed to do is that we're supposed to protect you. Now, laws are put in place on Viva because you want to protect people from themselves. That's what officers are supposed to do. So you know these people are angry because they believe that the election was stolen. Whether you as a commander believe it was stolen or not, you you have to understand that this situation is volatile and you have to make sure that the officer presence there is significant. You need to make sure that you have every single thing to protect the people from themselves because let's say we had adequate staffing there. We had adequate staffing there. You had the National Guard. Pittman did her job. She gave the intel to Chief Sun. He got what he needed to support the the, the rationale to have the National Guard staged there. Then the average person who came to the Capitol said, oh, man, look at all these people here. You know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and stand down. They might have turned around and walked away. The people who breached the Capitol wouldn't have been able to breach it if we would have had adequate staffing levels there. So Yogananda Pittman hurt a lot of people that day. But if you look at the final select committee report, it basically says she saved democracy. Even though like, you have me, you have other people saying on Twitter feeds or Twitter spaces, you have people going on podcasts telling you that she messed up, but nothing's official. Let's put this on congressional record. That she messed up let's do an effective investigation to find out what she did now after we find out what she did let the defense attorney say whoa if she did this 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 absolutely affects my client but nobody won't do that yet but i can't even get the demonstrators to stand down on the officers stop talking about the officer on twitter and focus on yogananda Pittman and j thomas major that's going to get you justice I'll tell you, I
0: I think the majority of our crowd, or at least my my, crowd, the people watching this now, are probably going to agree with everything you just said. Save it except for maybe the quantification of the violence. What what people are going to say is, yeah, let's just say it was 10% violence. And I'm not saying that to be like pithy, like mostly peaceful, but slightly fiery protest. Let's just say that there were 10% of the people there that got violent. I, I think a lot of people are prepared to accept the idea of the setup, which was have it be deliberately, criminally negligently poorly set up, weak, understaffed, have mm-hmm. some paid agitators in the crowd, the Ray Epps, the scaffolding guy, uh, agitators who break some windows, egg the crowd on, knowing that there are going to be some, you know, real people in there who are going to get carried away in the moment and they're going to do something stupid. And then they can say, look how, look how they misbehaved. So people are going to say, look, it was, you know, not everybody was violent. It was with small pockets. And I think people can concede that. Uh, and then they're going to say, well, it was agitators in there who whipped them up and if they don't find the paid agitators you know they're going to believe that they were there i believe that there were paid agitators there thousand percent if only ray epson scaffolding guy um (laughs) this was this was done so that someone would die and we're going to get into you making the call to evacuate the building this was done so that someone would die so at least so that they could then weaponize it and when My view is when it wasn't as violent and as deadly as they wanted it to be, well, they killed Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan died under circumstances which I'm going to ask you about, and then they tried to pretend that some medical emergencies were deaths related to the uh, protest as opposed to just medical emergencies that occur when half a million people gather. Um, so I think most people are on board with you on that. And I think most people have probably not heard of y- Yogananda Pittman before this and just want to pin the blame on Nancy Pelosi and the House Select Committee that ran that charade of a kangaroo court of a committee. Um, you made the call at some points to evacuate the building. Some people are going to say you freaked out, you overreacted. Um, you know, they were never at risk. Flip side, they might, there might have been some bad actors in there who would have done something stupid that y- Pittman and others could have then weaponized. Pittman did not order the evacuation of uh, members of Congress or, or, or government people from the
1: building? No, and and this is the thing, and this is what I want people to understand. The reason, now, I evacuated, I ordered the evacuation. The officers obviously had to execute it. I led it and I I called for it, but this is why I did it. I didn't, okay, now, I didn't do it just for the members of Congress. I did it because I didn't want officers to be put in that situation. And I, I know some people are going to like this. Some people are going to hate it. But And I told my wife, and she was stunned when I first told her, I did it because I didn't want the demonstrators to come in contact with the members of Congress, even if they were just coming in contact with them. Because if you bump into a member of Congress in the hallway, you might have gotten a uh, terrorism charge to come in, just to come into the building. So I knew that the biggest aggravating factor in the building was, was the members of Congress. So I just needed to get them out that's why i did it so just to calm everybody down let me and i know because i can tell you this i would be lying if i said every person in the building was violent because they didn't because they weren't because you had me on camera with some of the demonstrators they didn't attack me they walked past me i think a couple of them waved at me so everybody there wasn't there for violence but if you don't get the members of congress out and they come in contact with a member of congress i promise you They would have been way more man years if we would have let them stay in that building. So just get them out and then clear the building. And then, you know, people are going to be charged with entering the um, unlawfully enter a building instead of bumping into a congressman and he's falling down the steps. And now you just got credited with assaulting a member of Congress. And now you got an extra 10 years.
0: Well, you're 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 a thousand percent right. I mean, it's 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 not disputable that. People might have done something, you know. Even just shove, uh, put their hand on the back sarcastically. Nice job, Pelosi. Assault. Um, And so you're now you 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 want to avoid this scenario, and so you make the request to evacuate. Does Pittman say no outright, or does she just not respond to
1: the request? She just just ignores me flat out. And I asked her. uh, It was asked of her like three times. So she can't say she can't hear me because where she was at, she was in the command center. She has cameras. I'm in the middle of, I'm in the Capitol. It's loud, people coming in. So if I can hear her, she should be able to hear me. So she can't say she didn't hear me. She just ignored me. So I say on the radio, and when she listens to the radio transmissions, I say, I'll take the discipline. I'm going to go ahead and evacuate anyway. So I evacuated the center side at approximately 228. And I'm hoping that somebody evacuates the house side because I can't see over there because I'm on the Senate side, so I didn't want to evacuate the House while I'm on the Senate because I can't see. Yogananda Pittman could have helped me because she has cameras on all sides. She's sitting in a room on the diocese with a bunch of big cameras. She can pull up any camera that she wants to see. She could have helped me. She just sat there basically and ate popcorn and just said, well, let's see if we can get them out. She didn't want any parts of the evacuation because she didn't know if we could get everybody out. And she and then she would have tagged me and said that TK should have never evacuated that building because it's against our policy and he shouldn't have done it. But she's going to take the credit for it if it was successful, and that's what she did. You're
0: making this request via walkie-talkie dispatch.
1: All of this is on the radio transmissions I sent you today. So well, you I know that, it. and that's why I, I, I didn't. Did, did. have had time to listen to. It. You I, I be didn't get it no, but.
0: No, but I, And I know that I know that that's what's in there. And that's what you wanted me to hear. But and I would have had mm-hmm. I been able to hear. I know that that's what is, that that's what is in there that you wanted people to hear is you saying we need to evacuate as part of the, you know, the walk, the uh, dispatch uh, above and beyond the other stuff where the cops saying we're out of munitions and this panic and it's war and you hear people fighting. You're saying evacuate and there's no response. And you know that she's sitting in control room, seeing all of this and hearing it. It's not like she's not hearing it. And if she's not mm-hmm. hearing it, that's a problem of its own. But she's hearing it. You- no yeah.
1: response no response and i was angry so i go over the radio and i say i'll take the discipline because i know she's going to get me anyway and the thing is this you don't want because everybody we knew how powerful Pittman was um she raised she rose up on the rank super quick she's close friends with nancy pelosi she basically has the congressional black caucus so we know how powerful she is i don't want to embarrass yogananda Pittman, so i didn't even call her out by name but she was the commander that i heard on the radio so that's why i'm talking to her but I know that if you piss Yogananda Pittman off, you're working in Alaska hugging Eskimos. Well, I'm, so, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna get I to this did not want to embarrass her. Uh, Tarek,
0: I'm going to get to this because I, I was skeptical of the number of uh, Capitol Police officers that are alleged to have taken their own lives in the wake of this. And now that you describe this type of environment where people might have been shamed, um, excommunicated, or you know, uh, harassed at work, for lack of a better word, by the chief if they embarrassed her. That might explain how so many uh, capital Police officers, or I think a, a very shockingly high number, took their own lives in the wake of this. Just one. One. How many, how,
1: many, how many committed suicide? One capital Police officer, three Metropolitan officers.
0: Okay. Uh, does Yoganana Pittman have control over the Metropolitan Police officers? No. Is it... Okay, uh, actually, uh, we're on it right now. We're going to talk about this. That that number is abnormal, correct? Like, there's nothing that's sensible about that number?
1: As far as um, we don't know, like, I don't know the circumstances in which the four individuals took their own life. The only common denominator is that they were at the Capitol on January 6, trying to stop the violence. Have you? I mean, a suicide
0: among veterans we know is exceedingly high, um, factors higher than ordinary citizens. Is th- is it the same with Capitol Police with Metropolitan Police? Do you hear of them taking their own lives on a regular basis in the course of of duty, or in the course of your twenty some odd
1: years? I've known about five officers that committed suicides. I've been there, yeah. Capitol Police officers. Okay, that's so, a lot. Yes, yeah. yes, and and it's um it's taking its toll, you know, like um there's a lot of sadness um and part of me I'm happy that I'm gone another part of me is it's sad that I've been ripped away from my family because of yoga and the pit well let
0: me and I I I not that anybody can make sense of of a suicide the despair that uh, do you have any uh, personal knowledge of the despair is it they that they felt like they failed in their duties is it that they felt that they were abandoned by the author- by their superiors is it that they felt that they were used for political purposes and they can't even conceive of going back to work i mean do you, do you, is there any underlying not explanation because there is no explanation but you know uh, anything that can make sense of it or do, do you not have any knowledge of of, of the circumstances
1: if I answer, it would just be me speculating, but I don't know okay. uh, why they did it. All all I know is that they were there at the Capitol. You know, what I mean, um, and they were they're trying to stop the violence there. They were trying to clear the Capitol. They they were working at the Capitol on January six. That's the only thing that I know. You know, and um, I know one the, the the only Capitol Police officer that committed a suicide they committed suicide after January six was. He did it on, I think it was January the 9th, um, days after um, I January think it was J-
0: January 15th. I think he did. No, no sorry, it was Jan- no. January 6th. It was January 15th that
1: he uh I think it was January, it might have been the 10th. It might have I think it could have been, I think it was January the 9th. And I think I found out about it on January the 10th. Um yeah. it's, it's it still hurts me to even, you know, think about it. You know, um, you know, his name was um uh, how we living good, uh, leaving good. Um I knew this officer. So and i know people always say this oh the guy was so nice he you know this guy really was nice you know so that he's not here anymore it it hurts you know because i i knew this guy i see i i was at this guy's post like i would walk past his post this guy would always say hi to me first because i'm that because i'm a pretty jovial person um and i normally say hi to people some people don't want to say hi you know just angry people and i would go out of my way to say hello to those people but this particular officer was always happy. So to see him gone is a tragedy.
0: And there are, like, I asked the question because people are asking the question. People have theories and, and people think that there's nothing that's beyond the evil that we've seen. There are no rumorings that they were not, it was not, in fact, bona fide suicides?
1: No, I heard they were suicides. Do I think that somebody took them out? No. Okay.
0: And that's—I'm just asking the obvi- the question that I know people are thinking out there.
1: Oh, yes, okay. that's, what, that's okay. what we're here for.
0: So now, Yogananda Pittman, and I'm just going to say Pittman because the uh, Pittman uh, says she does not respond to you, and you then say, "I'm going to take the punishment that I know is coming for not defying an order, but just doing something unilateral that might make you look silly because you didn't authorize it." Uh, you get them out. Do, do you get
1: reprimanded after this day is over? I got crushed. Um, and it wasn't because now i was the same officer that wore uh, some officers were trapped on the east side of the building uh, a couple of hours later after i did that and i somebody put a MAGA hat on my head. So I don't know if you heard the story about oh, it. Oh, no, I,
0: I know I know all about it. And, I, and we're going to talk about it now because I know some people are going to say, oh, yeah, I don't know. you're an in-. Some are going to say you were helping the protesters. Others are going to say you were trying to provoke whatever. Uh, I know the context, but explain how it came to be that you had a MAGA hat, a Make America Great hat on your head with a mask while you're in uniform at the, at the January 6th.
1: So when I get the call approximately 3 o'clock after we evacuated the House and the Senate, I get a call that said there was some officers trapped at the top of the steps. So I went out to the east side and I didn't know how compromised it was until I got out there. And I couldn't get up the steps by myself. So I called for some CDU units to help me get up the steps. So as I was walking up the steps, I got up the steps and ran into some officers, told them we're leaving and let's go back down the steps. And on my way back down the steps, a guy on my right, reached over. I thought he was about to hit me. I didn't know what he was going to do. And the guy stuck a mega hat on my head. Right. And then he started screaming at me, not angrily, but he was like, Hey, I want my hat back. Right. So I say to the guy, let me keep this hat because I figured, you know, cause I was, um, you know, walking through this crowd, I didn't have a helmet on or anything. And the officer in front of me and the officer behind me, they had helmets and shields. So I didn't have anything. So I figured, well, you know, well, damn, if I keep this hat on, this mega hat on nobody in the crowd is probably going to mess with me so i asked him if i could keep it and then another guy heard the conversation he was like what are you asking him i was like your friend here i don't know if they really knew each other but i was like your friend is trying to take back this mega hat i want to keep it so he says, well you can have mine so then i don't know which hat i ended up with but i ended up with the mega hat and i got down to the bottom of the steps with the mega hat on so that's how i got the mega hat and when i got to the bottom of the steps I found out that the officers that I was trying to get off the steps, I couldn't get in. Nobody came. I guess they got lost. I don't know. So I had to go back up there with the mega hat. But this time I came up there with the oath keepers. But I didn't know they were oath keepers until <laughs> days later. And then I got I got suspended.
0: Did you? Do you still have the hat? I still have the hat. Yes. Dude, that that is going to be something to either auction for whatever, or you know that's gonna that's a piece of history uh okay so uh, everyone that's the explanation i know some people uh, that explanation makes total sense because especially it's sort of like it's it's like that the vietnam thing putting a flower at the in the end of a rifle to make you know make peace with the soldiers someone gives you the maga hat and you wear it and you're having an interaction with the crowd that's non-confrontational and also in a way self-preservational if you have a fear that you know you could be subject to violence and you have no helmet Okay, so hold on. We're going to get to the end of the day in a second. I know from other interviews uh, that you talked about one officer who you think definitively died the day of, but I, 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 I didn't think I got the name of the officer. Uh, you did say that you saw that you th- believe someone who died the next day died as a result of the injuries sustained uh, during the protest.
1: Brian Sicknick, yes.
0: Okay, so you, so so what? Tell us about that then. I, I didn't realize I, I didn't realize that the officer you were describing was actually Sicknick. Um,
1: what happened? so apparently um he got sprayed with the bear spray i heard he got hit with a fire extinguisher i heard a lot of different things but i think ultimately he was sprayed and um he went back into the Capitol uh some hours later and he went down on the second side of the cvc which is the Capitol visitor center on the senate side so i was right around the corner from there so i walked over there and walked up the flight of steps and I see him on the ground and I, I watched him. They pulled his shirt open. They hooked up the, the defibrillator to him. um, trying to, you know, trying to help him. And I know that the coroner said that he died of a um, stroke stroke. Yeah. yeah. He died of a stroke. I believe that. because I don't believe the coroner would have lied. So I do believe it was that. Now, do I think that he would still be here if January 6th didn't happen? I do. So, you know, and I, I know I know you may have your own opinion. Um, I know people say the shot, I don't think he was vaccinated. No, was, no, 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 I would
0: even the, the shot. Yeah, you
1: know, like, like I said, but um, do I think that he was murdered by a person there? I don't think that. Uh after the fire extinguisher thing was cleared up, you know, uh, and then even if somebody sprayed him directly, I don't think that the people out there was trying to kill him, you know. Um I don't think that um that Honestly, I don't think that any of the demonstrators were trying to murder any police officers that I saw. You know, uh, I do believe that they were going to, to get into that building um, at all. Some some people were going to get into that building. Some people were probably angry that the officers sent some um, some munitions. And I do believe some of those some munitions hit people who was just standing out there, you know, who weren't trying to break the fence to, to get into the capitol. Some of those people never went into the Capitol. so obviously you're you're angry if you're just standing out there and then bam, you get hit in the face with you know something, and now you got blood squirting out. So I understand all that, but what I try to get everybody to see on both sides, but I've not been successful in doing that part. I've been successful in telling the country who who Yogananda Pittman is, who Jay Thomas Manger is, but I haven't been as successful to getting the officers to stand down on the demonstrators and the demonstrators to stand down on the police officers. And I believe that they should at the very least call it troops because we were all set up that day by above, by Capitol Police leadership. And it should be investigated first. And then I think that it will be easier to forgive each other if we find out that we were all set up and we need each other.
0: It's interesting, uh, you that what you perceive as the people not wanting to forgive the officers might be i won't say a chip on the shoulder it might be your insecurity because from my perspective i don't see that and i see everybody saying yeah the, the police responded badly but i don't the, the crowd that i see are not blaming the police i think they're blaming definitely the higher up why didn't nancy pelosi call in the national national guard and before i even ask that question let me just finish up with with sick a bit when you say that you had heard the fire extinguisher yada yada was that as of the, was that when you see them administering CPR or was that after the fact? Like, I, I presume when you see a guy on the ground, people are like, what happened? Oh, he got hit in the head with a fire. W- was it then that those rumors were, were spreading or did you have any idea why he was on the ground when you, when you came around to him?
1: I didn't hear about the rumors until after he was, a, he was, um, after he passed. Okay. It's when and, and then they were trying to figure out and then they, uh, I think it was CNN, they showed videos of him being hit because i watched CNN. i couldn't stop watching it you know because i even believe that january 6th was a horrible insurrection everybody was there was the for the was for the purpose of taking over the Capitol. everybody was horrible human beings but the thing is this and this is what a lot of people can't do you have to be able to change your position when you're presented new facts and the facts just don't support that as the narrative and i am not going to believe like i'm a I'm a fairly intelligent, I'm a pretty intelligent guy, I believe. So I take the facts. And when I start seeing the facts more and more and more and more and more, it just didn't support an insurrection to me. And then I started to find out what um, Yogananda Pittman did and what she knew before January 6th. And it further showed that it wasn't an insurrection to me.
0: It was an inside job of a setup so that this would happen so yes. they could weaponize it. Um, yes, Last question on Sick Nick. When when he's on the ground, are people saying what happened to him? Or, um, like, what's the the discussion like?
1: Silence. People just looked. People were just silent. And
0: and nobody knew, like, what had He just collapsed, and so nobody really.
1: He just collapsed. We had no idea about the fire extinguisher, the bear spray. We didn't know about any of that. You know, we just saw him on the ground. And I know people say that he died on, I know he was pronounced dead on January the 7th. But he was gone on the 6th. His soul left his body on January six I don't care what anybody says I was there it. I watched him and
0: and you didn't see him collapse you just saw him on the ground when they were administering first he was you? on the
1: ground his body shook you know like that like it's it's overshaped you know um yeah uh okay. it, it, it was the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with watching him I was there I watched him you know I couldn't even and I blame for year for probably the first year January six I blame myself not, I knew it was Pittman's fault, but I blamed myself because I couldn't help him in spite of what Pittman did. And um, I just felt like I should have done better. I should have ran faster that day. I should have yelled on the radio more. Um, I beat myself up for a long time. And I, I couldn't say Brian Sicknick's name without crying. I, had, I went through weeks of therapy in 2022 to help me deal with Brian Sicknick's death. Um, like I said, I knew whose fault it was. I always knew who's because even on January on January the 9th, and I don't know if you know about this, it's on Twitter, uh, I knew it was Pittman's fault. So I went and called Senator Leahy to tell him everything about what Pittman did. So, because I had his personal number because I used to protect him. So I called Senator Leahy and I said, sir, I need a number of an FBI contact." So he's like, what do you need an FBI contact for? I was like, I just need to tell him about what occurred on January 6th, because I knew Pittman uh, and I know more now than I even did then. I was like, Pittman was letting this happen. And so then he says, well, tell me what happened. So then I basically go through the whole thing. And I said, Pittman was going to let you die, sir. So he says, let me make a call. Let me make some calls. And I'm going call you right back. So I got off the phone. This is Saturday morning. And I get a call an hour after that. And it was the Capitol Police. And they said, hey, you're suspended. We're coming to your house right now. And I got suspended. And I never saw her from Lady here ever again.
0: Now, you're placing a lot of blame on Pittman, maybe all of it. What, what is the hierarchy people are asking? You know, is is it not Nancy Pelosi, who's in charge
1: of the yeah. Capitol Police? Um, this is the thing. January six, Pelosi can't create a January six, only the only person that could create a January six is Pittman. she's the only person that could do it. Pelosi would need per, um, permission from Pittman to get it done. So um and this is the reason why people say, well, that's, that, that doesn't make any sense because Nancy Pelosi is more powerful than Pittman. Yes, she is. But also now, now, um, Viva, you have a, a place where you live in, right? House or apartment, right? Yeah. Well, a house. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. You have a refrigerator in your house, right? Yes. Okay. If two. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yeah, two. Okay. Let's say for argument's sake, Nancy Pelosi came to your house. as the, No, let's use the current speaker because Nancy Pelosi is not the speaker anymore. So let's say McCarthy came over to your house right now, knocked on your door, said, Hey, can I come in? Do you have a choice? Do you have to let McCarthy in your house? I, I, I do not have to, and I probably okay. would not. <laughs> now, now, let's say he walked in, he said, He says, Listen, you have beers in your refrigerator? And you say, Yeah, I'm going to go have me a beer. Just because he's more powerful than you, he's more powerful in his arena. The intelligence department was Pittman's arena. She was the most powerful person. So the only way that now, Pittman, now if Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi could have insinuated to her, and I'm not saying she did, but it doesn't matter. It's up to Yogananda Pittman if she wants to sit on the intelligence or not. Pelosi can't order her to sit on intelligence. That's up to Pittman. But
0: who has the authority to call in the National Guard?
1: Um now Sun can request the National Guard, but he has to get permission from both. Sergeant at arms, he needs permission from the house sergeant at arms who was um, Paul Irving, and he needs permission from the senate sergeant at arms who was Michael Stingin. So he went to them to try to get the National Guard support
0: prior to January 6th, not not
1: when the shit's hitting the fan. Okay, no, no, no. He tried, he did it, he got it doing when the you know, when everything hit the fan, but he tried to do this and like he should have done prior to January 6th. Even though we didn't have even though he didn't have all the intelligence, he tried to do it anyway, just in case. But the sergeant at arms is up to the sergeant at arms if they are going to allow him to request it. So now they have to give him permission to request it. Then he can request it from the National Guard. But it's going to have to get permission from the House Sergeant at Arms, who was um, Paul Irving, and the Senate Sergeant at Arms, who was Michael Stinger. It has to come from them.
0: Okay. So, so in theory, Pittman can wash her hands and say, well, I couldn't even control the national guard. Nobody, that, that didn't come through. And I did
1: the best with what I had, which was half staff because of COVID. She can't say that because she has no out because she knew that son was trying to get national support. She had the information that would have got it to him and she sat on it. And she can't say that because if you look at, if you go, once we get off this line tomorrow morning, take a read, 21 TD 159. And just think about it. Would it have, at the very least, if you were a high-ranking commander, been promoted multiple times, super smart, because you got to get to that point, you wouldn't think that this document would even elicit a conversation? Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have
0: needed the document because it was obvious there was going to be angry protests. Yes. It was obvious. And the media knew. The FBI knew. uh Everybody knew. And this, this is... Look, in 2022, I made the prediction that the conspiracy theory that's going to be um, confirmed in 2023 is going to be this January 6th was an inside job. And, and and
1: this is the way it was an inside job, facilitated so that it could be exploited. No question. And, and one day too viva too two before you jump into, into the next one. Now, this is the thing. And I don't understand why defense attorneys isn't. Why aren't they looking into this? The um, law enforcement, we have to protect people from themselves. We can't make the situation worse by purposely sitting on intel. So I wish that the entire Jason's community say, you know what, let's take a look at everything she did. And did she create a um, what what she did? Would it be a mitigating circumstance in certain people's defense that the person who was in charge of the intel purposely sat on the intel? To let this occur? Because, as law enforcement officers, are we supposed to protect people from themselves? Yes. Well, yes. Some people are going to do that. The answer is yes. And that didn't happen on January 6th.
0: Now, some people are going to say that this law enforcement of a weaponized and politicized department not only does not protect people from themselves, but exploits the vulnerable people who can't be protected from themselves. I mean,
1: that's what happened on January 6th. Well, that's what
0: happened with Gretchen Whitmer. Like, you're finding Mm -hmm. people who are vulnerable, easily manipulated in the first place. And then you plant the idea, you drive them to the cabin, you say, here's where it is. And now Mm -hmm. we're going to arrest you for kidnapping. I mean it's it's mutatis mutandis what was done
1: in Um, that's the governor of michigan right yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah, so i can't really speak on that because i don't know like obviously i know about what happened but i don't know all the details
0: the MO is to find people who can be manipulated, who are vulnerable, who are easy to exploit, and then get them to embark on a plot that they would have never never otherwise on their own embarked upon. That's mm-hmm. sort of what like, I, I do happen. People are asking, actually, uh, did, did you notice any agitators in the crowd? I know your answer to this because I heard it before, but what is your impression of paid agitators, FBI informants, agent provocateur in the crowd starting shit on January 6th?
1: I mean, um, there is so much that... um um. All right. Before I get into that, stay with me for a couple of seconds, seconds. I want to say, this. You know, I want people to hear this. Now, what people have to understand is that um, let's just be honest about it. The Democrats, the liberals are way more powerful than the Republican conservative. You agree with that? Inf- yeah, I would and say inf- inf- influential, funny, and me- influential yeah. in media and control, of- influential in they, politics. They and control, control the media. media. They control Hollywood. They control the justice system. They control the White House. So what... What what else is there? They they are the end all be all. So when you are dealing with somebody that's way more powerful than you, and this is what I've been saying on Twitter, you have to sit down and say, you know what? Um, you can't focus primarily on accountability. You have to focus on justice. Accountability has to be a distant second. So you have to let some stuff go. You know. So um, you you have to say, and that people aren't going to like this, that maybe there were um provocateurs or maybe they were federal agents in the crown i would say probably yes but instead of focusing on that would you believe that it's possible that they were not there for nefarious purposes now, you can say that and then let it go but you can go back to focus on that when it comes to yogananda Pittman and J. thomas manger what they're doing is absolutely a mitigating factor in these people's situations and and if there were some agitators in the crowd the um the justice system would know of that and they could say well we know this occurred we know Pittman did this because right now if you let it go right now Pittman is the savior of democracy because nobody because there is not a cry loud enough for people to say let's effectively investigate her and tom and jay thomas major that's why but if that occurred and you saw that Um, Because also, and I've already said this in some of my um, interviews, that I believe that Pittman gave uh, false or misleading information during her congressional testimony. I believe she gave some of that. um, I believe she gave um, misleading or false information to the DOJ in J6 prosecutions. So if any of that is true, then is that a mitigating factor to go back and look at other cases, Yogananda Pittman and J. Thomas Manger they're the keys to January 6th into getting justice
0: um the agent provocateurs in the crowd i mean it's yeah no there there were people in there who got people to do stupid things and yes. and and yes. The, the, that even that being said the sentences have been so wildly excessive it's even if there was the violence it, people enrique tario getting 22 years which is more than most convicted first degree murderers get I mean it doesn't make sense it can't make sense except for the political malice behind is, it
1: now, now now this is what you have to take. Uh, and I'm glad we got another 16 minutes. I'm not gonna I'm gonna take a quick minute on this one. But um and I talk fast sometimes because I try to get everything out. Don't worry, don't worry. I, I, you're talking to a fast talker. Go. <laughs> yeah. What people don't understand, what people have to understand is that the reason why people are getting slammed with so many years, so people say, Oh, the jury, everybody, I don't believe the DOJ is corrupt. I believe that they may have been given corrupt information from The Capitol Police, and you have to know this: that the Capitol Police is the primary law enforcement agency that's assisting the DOJ with the prosecutions. So you have to look at anything that they gave to the DOJ, and you have a former lieutenant commander with the Capitol Police. I'm telling you that she had that that is more likely than not that she gave misleading or false information during congressional testimony. Congressional testimony that she gave. False or misleading information to the DOJ and J6 prosecutions. They're selectively picking which officers testify during the um, select committee. They're, they're, They're picking the officers that are testifying in J6 prosecutions. The Capitol Police is running all of this. So you have to investigate them. That is the alpha and omega of J6 justice. And I've been trying and I've been singing the same song for a year since I think it was October 1st is when I came out and started speaking. So, but in, in the two people say, you know what, less because people have been doing the same thing all over regularly, focusing on the violence, focusing on the, um, the Ray Apps. But Ray Apps doesn't get you justice. It's Yogananda Pittman. Um, the officers don't get you justice. It's J. Thomas Manger. Because once he's out of the seat, then we can start looking at and reevaluating the information given to the DOJ and Pittman's congressional testimony.
0: Well, I mean, first of all, Democrats don't get nailed on perjury or misleading testimony or, or lying to investigators. Only Republicans, only the Michael Flynn's, the Steve, well, the Steve Bannon's contempt stuff. So no, the, I, and some people are going to say, look, you're, you still have a bit more of the red pill to swallow because the DOJ is corrupt to the core, like the Capitol Police. Setting all of that aside. We didn't really get into who Manger is. So Pittman is or was the one in charge. Now Manger took over her position and is sitting on his hands and not investigating the either incompetence or overt corruption of Pittman and the Capitol Police.
1: He's doing worse than that. So now, and this is how I try to explain to people, Pittman was the leader of the setup. J. Thomas Manger is the leader of the cover up. So when manger took over the department he took over the department july 24th of 2021 from Pittman. do you know the first now Pittman was the acting chief from january the 8th until july 23rd and now do you know the circumstances in which Pittman um uh, was made the chief i'll tell you this real quick so it would take a, a signature from the house sergeant at arms senate sergeant at arms to make Pittman chief okay um paul irving who was the house sergeant at arms resigned on january the 7th it was official he resigned january 7th he signed off on Pittman being the chief on january the eighth after he resigned
0: why did so, he resign why did he resign in, uh, incompetence shame or fatigue
1: probably all of the above you know or he just didn't want to associate he didn't want to answer any more questions he was trying to get away from j6 mm-hmm. so that's what people typically do when when you could probably find some fault in their actions people typically resign but if he no longer has a job on January the 7th how can he sign off on her being the chief on January the 8th so anyway yeah so so that's what happened so anyway so now Pittman's the chief uh we know that January 6th was an intelligence failure we know that Pittman was the head of intelligence do you know what manger's first official act one of his first official acts was when he took over as chief do you know what it was no he put Pittman back over intel she messed up. Okay, now, there were several whistleblowers who went to the IG that's, um, to report Pittman and some other um, high-ranking commanders in her bureau basically to tell on her that, that basically this was a setup. So they went and, and, and told Pittman and Manger... Um, configured it so uh, with the um, help of the um, general counsel of the Capitol Police had the bias that they would not be deemed whistleblowers so they don't get whistleblower protection so you can do whatever you want to them, and they destroyed all of them. The entire people in the unit, everybody that went to the IG, Pittman and Manger destroyed them. So now we can, can in, talk... Uh, Concretely in what sense? Demoted, fired? Uh, 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 disciplined, fired, put them out on mental disability, Everything destroyed them. It's bad. This when I tell you how bad this is, this is really bad. So like 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 even me, because I went to Senator Leahy, I was a commander. I know you never go to the IG because when you go to the IG, they always go back to the chief. Because the attorney because he or whoever she works for the Capitol Police Chief. So they're gonna go right back to the chief. So they went right back to Pittman and say, hey, this person, this person, this person, they all told on you now go ahead and go to work. And Pittman went to the woodshed and she got them all along with and Manger finished them all. That's what they did to these people. And this is not speculation. This is proof, because I can tell you this. I spoke to some of the people that they destroyed. So I know for a fact, because when I did Glenn Beck's show uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of them, they started calling me and they started telling me what Pittman and Manger and all those people did to them. It was so bad. One of the persons had told me something, I had to pull my car over to get myself together because I thought that they were I was one of the only people that they destroyed, and I didn't know until I started talking to other people. Um, yeah, Pittman and Manger, they got me too, they got me too, they got I'm like Jesus Christ, how bad this is. But I can tell you this: once Manger is gone and he's out of that seat because he is the leader of the cover-up. The um the J6s are going to get justice when he's gone because major is the one that's stopping the video everybody thinks it's mccarthy it's manger because what major is doing he's trying to basically say that the if you he's basically telling mccarthy if you put the video out then you are sacrificing security major and i know for a fact because i worked there for years most of that video you can go ahead and show it so but major is going, and then in mccarthy's position is that if he goes and show it anything that happens at the capitol they're going to blame McCarthy for the next 100 years and destroy his reputation in his life. So he's fighting with them to show the video. That's what it is. But when Manger is gone, you're going to see a more rapid release of the videos to the general public. You're going to see uh, people, prosecutions, uh, and, and people's prosecutions or 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 uh, may even be overturned. You're going to start getting stuff, but it's the key is Manger. He's the total key right now.
0: Uh, Tucker Carlson had the 40,000 hours. I presume he wasn't allowed to release everything that he had there. I think there were some issues. He had to get clearance before he could even release some of it. Is that correct? Is, is there, more than, the, is there more than the 40,000 hours or was Tucker, uh, had his hands tied in terms of what he could release of the
1: 40,000? Yeah. Whatever he wanted to release, he had to get it clear through the Capitol police general counsel.
0: Okay um let me ask you before we uh, let me let me get a few of these questions in 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 these things we have called Rumble rants and there's a couple of questions from our locals community. I want to make sure I get all of these. Uh, I know some of them we got to. I agree with most of what you said here, sir. But you don't believe the DOJ is corrupt. Give him time. Be gentle, Ginger Ninja. Um, Keep fighting. Is from one of the one of our mandatory carry. Hamalchi says Kentarik comment on the Capitol Hill suicides after January 6th We got that. Dean says there's a new documentary on Rumble about the Capitol breach. It's very well made and detailed. Searched 79 minutes breach of the Capitol on Rumble. And the more we peel back of the onion from pro bono troll, the more we uh, see the lie by the way, I dropped hundred 100 yesterday on the merch. Good stuff okay, now hold on, I'm going to bring this out and go to the locals because I want to make sure I got all the questions. Um, Tarek, okay, jeez, Luis. first of all, you have a give send go because I was going to ask you what did they do to you uh, if you don't mind, if you don't mind detailing what you can
1: No, I, I don't mind at all so um what I did was, I, I thought, I'll be honest, I thought that this would be over. I didn't think I would be doing this for a year. I thought that uh, after I came out, I would tell what occurred on January 6th. The conservative cavalry would, would soak it up, put it out. Um, Pittman would be dealt with, and this would be over in like two or three months. That's not what occurred. So I've been fighting this, and um, and, and 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 even to my own detriment financially, because now I had 17 more months to re- uh, I could have got my full retirement. Um, but I decided to resign because had I waited till retirement, I would have to wait another 17 months to give you the truth. And I couldn't wait another 17 what? months before because like, I'm morally connected to this thing. So my job, I quit my job and I was making um, close to 200,000. You know, I would have made that easy with additional duty uh, working. But I took a job making 40 to move furniture because I wanted to tell the truth about what occurred on January 6th. So I took a hit. Now, I didn't think I had savings, so I figured by the time my savings runs out, I could start focusing on making money again. But that didn't happen. And then people still don't know what Pittman and Manger did and what they are doing. So I had to stay in the fight longer. Now, I left the department. I got my good standing card and my good standing letter. But I decided not to go get a job that would pay me uh, back in law enforcement what I with my you know, I have a college degree. I got promoted multiple times. I left in good standing. I got my good card, my my, my good standing card and letter. But I decided to stay in this fight and forego working and trying to make money. So I've been in this fight. So when people, uh, so a friend of mine started a gifts and go to help me stay in the fight. You know. So um, and it and it has helped me because I haven't had to work my second job because I got a second job doing security. Um, the gifts and go gave me the benefit of not having to work, so I can keep. Getting information, keep doing interviews, keep doing podcasts. I can't make myself charge people for information because you deserve to have this. People say, "Why don't you get a subscription um, on your on your Twitter?" I can't charge. I can't, in my heart, charge people to know what the truth is. So I'm um, so I won't even do anything. I haven't taken money for interviews. Nothing. I've been doing. I do this for free. I, I, the give, send, go
0: is in the description on Rumble and um, everywhere. And I just sent it out to everybody as well now. Uh, the, in terms of the reprisals, without, I, I mean, I don't want to know the details of what you can't necessarily disclose from the other whistleblowers. Have they come forward publicly to talk about the reprisals from Pittman and Manger?
1: Um, now, I, I spoke to some of them and they got cracked. They haven't spoke publicly like I have. Um, but the thing is this, when you're a whistleblower, nobody's throwing rose petals at your feet. It's a hard life because then when you apply for another job, they know you're a whistleblower. So now who wants to hire, if you're a big executive, do you want to hire somebody that's going to tell on you if you mess up? No. So now, and then um, like, when you look at me, like I got almost 14,000 for my gifts and go in, in three months, I look at uh, Phenom, I think in two days he got like 400,000. So, um, and it, the conservative i realized that and i was told this that conservatives don't help other conservatives like liberals help other liberals so I, I learned that the hard way you know but um if the the issue that i'm having is that it's hard to tell whistleblowers to come out sacrifice your life and if you come out with a, if you do a gifts and go to try to help you just to make it you know um then you're going to be called a grifter so yeah i i, I quit my job making close 200000 that I would have been making with overtime and benefits to get a $14,000 gifts and go. Yeah, okay, so, but the thing is this. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out, I want to tell them to come out, but there's no, uh, like I've applied for whistleblower grants, nothing. I've, I've spoken to people, say, yeah, 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 we're going to help you out. You know, we're going to help out the other whistleblowers. Haven't heard anything. I'm talking about even to the point where some whistleblowers, um, it's expensive. Like when you go to a meeting to on Capitol Hill, like I've been to multiple meetings on Capitol Hill. I got to pay for parking. Sometimes it's like $20. I'm like, God dang it. I got to pay this 20 bucks, you know? But I've still been doing it anyway. I can't tell another person to do what I'm doing. For me, this was a moral issue. I knew it was going to cost me financially, but I couldn't just walk away. So that's me. So if anybody can help with the gifts and go, I appreciate it. And if nobody helps me, I'm still going to keep going because I saw what occurred on January 6th. I know it was wrong and I can't be quiet about what I saw.
0: Um, I noticed the cross on your neck. Are you, have you been a religious man your entire life or? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Now I'm not perfect. You know, I curse sometimes. I play uh, fantasy football. I go to the casino once in a while. So I'm not perfect. Um, After I get off with you, I'm going to go have a beer. But, um, (laughs) but, but, but um, but I've always been a man of faith, and I always will
0: be. Well, Christianity is predicated on the on the inter- the essential sin of all of all humans. We are all imperfect. I'm I'm not Christian, by the way, but I've I can I very much like some of the, the teachings. Uh, okay, hold on. Now I have some questions in our locals community. I'm going to go to these here. How did the Capitol doors get unlocked? They were electronically locked, correct? That is from Lewis W. Burnett. Were, the, were were they were they de- were they unlocked and
1: opened? Um. Now, even though I don't work there anymore, uh, I do know the answer to that question. But for security reasons, you know, I still love the officers that are there. So I can't answer that question because I don't want to put them in jeopardy.
0: Okay, fair enough. And I think people can deduce something from that as well. Entry, well, I say I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I think people, we, we know what, what we've heard out there. Entry mm-hmm. required says, uh, where are the bodies of the congressmen stacked? Like, let me just make sure that this is a, they called it an insurrection. I want to see bad things look at trump's inauguration i am so sick of these people mr entry required a uh, question for Tarek. family is important you have family um you are a great american and you have people like myself uh and so many members of the public that stand behind you stand tall
1: and Thank link, I love link that.
0: well it'll be, you make a decent point i'm linking the give send go in our locals community it's like it's uh it's you're inviting an unwanted hell in your life by coming out as a whistleblower for, a for the reasons the logical reasons that you just stated and b if you're the political disfavored uh, whistleblower you're going to get you're going to get screwed all around it's whether or not conservatives I, there might be a lot more causes to support for conservative uh, injustices now like the january 6th there's like just endless causes it is true the left mobilizes and finances well well um, are are you fearful of, of anything above and beyond um, predictable reprisals from Pittman, uh, from Pittman and uh, Manger?
1: Um, I spoke to some people who said, listen, I mean, like, people are still, even though Pittman is no longer with the Capitol Police, people are still definitely afraid of her. Like, um, I, I was talking to a former officer, retired officer, already getting the check from OPM. And the officer, the former officer feels like if I go out and speak, Pittman is going to take my retirement. People are that afraid of of Pittman. So I'm just not, you know, like I grew up extremely poor. I feel bad for my wife because my wife did not grow up poor. So she has to struggle a little bit with me now because I can't just walk away from this, I can't do it. Um, At some point I do, like I plan on, um, I announced this on Twitter, I'm running for Congress in 2026. So I wanted to run in 2024. That was my goal when I left the Capitol Police. I wanted to run, but like I said, I thought this was going to be over, like in a couple months. When I came out and said, "Listen, I can prove it was me that evacuated those chambers to help calm the situation down." The audio tapes are public. I thought this would be over, but it's not. It's not even close to being over. Okay, we
0: got a. We got. Well, I. I have a few more minutes. If you have a few more minutes, uh, just want I to do. Make sure. Okay, so I got the
1: suicides I got to, the January
0: 6th narrative we got to, the committee mm. did not call you. Was nope. were you able to submit your name? And
1: like, no, nothing. Down. They know who I am. And they even played the committee. If you look at the very first public hearing of January 6th, I think it was on a Thursday. I can't remember what month. I,
0: I live streamed that one. I said I'm <laughs> never doing it again because it was so damn played, boring and so it,
1: nauseating. My voice was on that. Um, like they play radio transmissions, you hear my voice on it. But nobody wants to talk to me about anything. Everybody knows it was me that called for that evac of the Senate and then the House. No, they, they, but, want, they want to use it for the political goodwill. And and then... They so, knew they that... Savage if, you. Because they know that if I testify, I'm going to crush Pittman when I testify. I'm going to tell everything. You know, and my next question is, and you can ask your listeners this. When I do, because I'm going to get a t- chance to testify at some point, probably next year is my guest and now when i because i'm not an expert on testifying so when i testify do i talk about the setup and the cover-up or just the setup i don't
0: know no you got it it flows you said pitman was the setup mangers the cover-up yes. or the cleanup i like the, maybe the cleanup has a better setup and the cleanup um the pipe bomb i almost forgot about that what do you know about the pipe bomb uh what happened to it who put do you know anything about the pipe bomb
1: I think they're going to find out who did it at some point. I don't think that Pittman had anything, you know, and I, I have no issue with tacking anything onto Pittman's jacket. But um, I don't <laughs> think she. I don't no, but, think she but, had anything to do with the pipe bomb, and I do believe they're going to find that person. That's
0: well, but do you, do you, a lot of people believe it was in you know provocative? It was it was uh, FBI assets. Like a lot of people think it was intelligence assets or someone from the other side, a false flag who planted it. Uh, nothing else makes any sense. Do you know of the details of where they were where they were found, what happened, uh, how they were disposed
1: of? Um, I know that um, our we have a um, hazardous device. Um, division and they took care of the pipe bombs i think they blew them up but i know they took care of them but you know like um like i said um i'm not t- that to the point where like i know a lot of people believe the doj's corrupt and um just real quick on that one if the and, and the thing is this when you, if if the doj was corrupt now and this is my reason why they okay now um you heard i'm sure you played it and you listened to it the speech that trump gave on the ellipse right absolutely Okay. I think that if the DOJ was corrupt, they would have arrested him maybe a day or so after January 6th, saying that he was inciting a riot and charged him with that. And there's no way he doesn't get convicted in the D.C. jury pool. So they could have arrested him, charged him four months later, and he would have been convicted. Why didn't they do that if the DOJ was corrupt?
0: Well, I'll tell you why he still would have been able to run in 2024. It would have been too far in the past for people to remember and they would not have been able to use it as the pretext that they're using it now under the 14th Amendment and the th- Article 3 to keep him off the ballot. So I think
1: th- I think they knew damn well that this was a long play. But it was also a diff- it, w- it was another charge. They could still do everything that they're doing now. They could still did that. Plus hit him early with the Inciting a riot. Yeah, job. it was too early. They, 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 the, the The
0: fruits <laughs> the fruits hadn't grown on this corrupt, perverted tree that they've been planting and watering with, yeah. with uh, you know the souls of Americans.
1: And my um, last and my last thing I'll say about this: if the DOJ is corrupt, and that's the thing um, that uh, I caution people because that is what people that's how you start a war, basically. Because if people believe that the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is corrupt to them. That's where you can get people doing crazy stuff. And that's what I don't want. Also, well, true, but um, but but what's the can't... point of doing an appeal? Okay, let's say now you have plenty of J6 defendants who've been, I think probably all of them, um, not the ones that took plea deals, but the one that the ones that got prosecuted, they're doing appeals. Why appeal if you think that the DOJ is corrupt?
0: Well, you mean you have to get it on the record and then hope that the Supreme Court sets it straight. I agree. It's, I, I agree with you in terms of the black pill scent or the doom mm-hmm. pill, I guess we should say. Mm-hmm. If people believe the DOJ is corrupt, they're gonna do stupid things like yes. somebody recently did. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what people have to avoid that temptation because you're not gonna yes. win a fight against the mm-hmm. DOJ. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, if, any, if anyone's gonna watch this and the biggest takeaway that they're gonna have is you're wrong on the DOJ and then disregard everything you said about Capitol Police, that, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> their, that's their loss. So wow. I, I think you're still, I, I, yeah, you, you still have some optimism. But, uh, I do. I,
1: and, and I do have optimism. Uh, I believe that once the DOJ looks at everything, I believe that if they looked at everything Pittman did and they broke it down, I believe that the, that the DOJ would. Because um, I do believe that there are people that went to jail that are innocent. I do believe that. And I believe that there are some in there who were charged more harshly than they should have been. And I think that once you look at the Capitol Police, which is the primary agency assisting the DOJ, they get. A lot of the information, the camera, was all that from them. I think that um, some of these people will get their sentences overturned once you really take a deep dive into Pittman and Major.
0: Well, I'm just reading the chat. Everybody thinks the DOJ is corrupt. But that doesn't mean don't do stupid
1: things, people. You you saw what they did to the
0: protesters on January 6th. Um, Tarek, I think, I mean, I I really think we've gotten we got to everything.
1: I think we did good today.
0: You are you're amazing. I'll say this you're you're a f- fantastic, amazing, uh determined and I think above all else quite clearly sincere and quite clearly honest, which is the two most important things to be in life. Um can we do this again to follow up on some of the stuff whenever you have a chance?
1: Yeah, we'll pick a day and we'll get it done again.
0: Okay. Where can people find you? Um now um
1: you That's have why. my Twitter, yeah. yeah can let can give you your Twitter. Your Twitter
0: re- really is not the easiest thing to find here. It's it's L on what is your e- Elion? E- oh, Elion. Okay, well that makes yeah. more sense. I'm reading it in French. I read L, and, and like, it means it means the lion. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm going to give everybody that. I'll put that in the in the pinned comment as well. Everybody can know where to find it because your your uh, your your Twitter feed is, as we say in the industry, fire. Uh, mm-hmm. People should be following hey, hey, it. Hey. Uh, they have the give send go. That's in there, and we will follow up. And may there be good news to follow up on. What do you think? Well, I mean, I guess what can happen? Manger has to get outed and then someone responsible has to come in to look into this.
1: Yeah. Once Main now, uh, I do believe Manger will be gone in about four or five months. Um, once the cause right now, the Capitol Police Board is Democratic right now. It switches to the, um It switches to Republican next year, because right now McCarthy couldn't. He has no influence on getting Manger fired. He will in January of twenty twenty four. he he has some uh, more power to get it done not saying that he he's going to do it but i'm saying that he would have a better shot at doing it but right now he has no um no dog in his fight right now um once manger is gone i think that that will give everybody in the country some calm we just have to wait for it to occur the only way it can happen before that is you have to get you like the julie kellys the john solomons and it will have to be like a national like a like an outcry so loud that even the Democrats couldn't ignore it, and then he will be gone, and then we'll look into this. He's trying to get his third retirement. He uh, he already has two retirements, one from the Fairfax Police Department, the other one's from the Montgomery County Police Department. He came uh, after Brian Sicknick died and Billy Evans died. He was the one that was standing outside of the barricade on the Senate side, and um, the guy drove his car into the barricade and uh, killed him. Um, So he comes to the roll call manger and brags about getting his third retirement. So he's just prancing from one department to the next, collecting retirements. That's all he cares about is getting his retirements and his money and promoting his wife because his wife is a big player in the Democratic Party. And Manger is specifically trying to ensure that if, um, if Trump can get past these uh, prosecutions, these indictments, that he's going to be the silver bullet to end Trump's political career by keeping the narrative of J6 the same. So Manger is specific, specifically going to making sure that Trump does not win in 2024. That's what Manger's doing. That's his main goal
0: okay. for his wife. Phenomenal. I, mean, I say phenomenal. It's, it's tragic and it's frustrating, but thank you. And everyone in the chat here is, th- 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 thank you. Thank you, Tarek. Damn, I missed the interview. Well, you can watch it again. Thanks, Tarek. Everybody <laughs> in there saying it. Tarek, stick around. We'll say our proper goodbyes. Everyone out there, snip, clip, and share away. Uh, this interview is going to stay up on Rumble, obviously. I'm going to put the entire interview on YouTube after this. I just prioritize Rumble because it's actually the good platform. Um, and we do this again. Tarek, stick around. We will say our proper goodbyes. Everyone out there, 20 more minutes live with Dave Smith um, in a separate stream. You all have the link there. Tarek, stick around. Thank you. Thank and, you. And thank um, you,
1: everybody, for having me. Amazing. Listening.
0: All right. Good night, everybody. I'll see you in 20 minutes.